Welcome back to the baseball playground. And you have less than 1% chance of playing from the youth level. And you have a 4 to 5% chance of playing from the high school level. So stop being picky. Absolutely. Stop being picky. Be somebody that wants to go play at the next level and kick some butt and, and make a name for yourself. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right, Jacob. I mean, we looked up the stuff. 15.6 million youth baseball players in America. Um, and uh, there's only about 1.3 uh, million <laughs> high school kids. So, yeah, um, it's 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 crazy. And then when you get to college, it's 40,000 college guys. Man, that's... That's tough sledding. So I agree. Don't be picky. Let's let's rock and roll. Get out there and, and show everybody what you're made of. So Yeah, you know, there we've talked about this before about being on a D two, D three, NAI. Like these schools want you, but you're being picky over here. You think that you're better than all these other schools and you need to go D one. It's you know, I'm sure it's every parent's yeah. dream and every kid's dream. My oh, my son went D1. It's an ego thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it doesn't classify anything except that yeah, yeah. You know, there's some D1 guys that are really good, mm-hmm. but you know, the, what I tell tell my kids is, you know, you want to wear the O or you want to wear, um, you know, you want to go to a, a D1 school and and be the groundskeeper. Uh, you know, be a kid who does charts and and you know. Make sure that everyone's, uh, you know, doing the uniforms and, and things yeah. like that. Like, that, that's not what you want to do. You want to go and play. Or mm-hmm. at, at least that's how I wanted it. I wanted to go and I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't anywhere near the best kid in, in, in the area, but I was a hard worker and a grinder. Went D2. Had a great experience. Loved every minute of it. And and uh, so glad I did because it, it really panned out really well for me. And, yeah, can't be picky, man. Go, go get it. Juco. D1, D2, D3, NAIA, you know, anywhere. Go, just go play. Yeah. And you have to be thinking about the other people that aren't even from the US that you're competing with, you're right? Absolutely right. Yeah. You have people from the Dominican Republic, from even, you know, in Europe that do come over from Europe into the US and play. You have all these uh, Japanese players that are coming in now that are just, you know, tearing up the majors, yeah. the minors. And, you believe that you have the skill because you're from the Valley, because you're from New York, because yeah. you played for a, a club team that had a big name or something that was attached to it where your ego just skyrocketed because you got to tell other people that you were a part of that organization. It's one of those things that, you know, when, when you get out to, to minor league baseball or when you, when you see these guys at the next level, it's, they are, they're, it's worldwide. I mean, we're getting Cubans, we're getting, we're getting Canadians, we're getting um, guys from the Netherlands, guys from Italy. I mean, they're all over the place. And the reality is to be selfish enough to say, oh, I want to go D1 and not give yourself an opportunity to play. Cool. So you, you, you're a D1, you're, you're on a D1 uh, team and, uh, you know, you're at whatever school you want to call it, Pac-12, you know, Big Ten, whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, and you're the third string second baseman when you could be the first string second baseman at a D3 or a D2. Um, is When you leave, like, college, are you going to be like, man, I, I did everything I could to, to really get to that next level? I, I just feel like you're you're not, you know, and that's that's something that, you know, I think people regret, and I think a lot of kids do regret that. Yeah, and on that mental note too is like I think that kids have to 
reevaluate themselves and have a self-assessment where they need to ask themselves, hey, am I really looking to play ball at the next level? Am I looking to go minors, majors after college? Or is this just college, end of the road after four or five years? And I'm done. I want to go into the workforce and so on from there. And being able to have that self-evaluation and understanding about where you want to go in the next four years is just vital to not only your mentality when you're playing the game, because then you know, okay, I have four years left to play this game. I need to ball out. Yeah. And when you do go determine what school you end up you know, landing at, you're going to have a huge impact on that team because you know that you're only going to be there for a certain amount of time or you even grind harder because you want to get to the next level. And it's just about that mentality that you have going into it. And being at a lower end school, and I, I preach this a lot, is being a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Absolutely. Because if you have the opportunity to show yourself and your capabilities on the field in front of all these other people in a different league, you're going to stand out tremendously. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I, I think that that is, that is such a great, analogy to use being that bigger fish in a small pond um you're you, you want to be you know again second second guy on a d1 team when you can be a possible all-american at a d2 d3 nai doesn't make any sense to me you know go out there and and you know take care of business and and every college player you know whether they say it or not like they have a, a silent confidence or a quiet confidence you can say that i'm gonna play pro ball like that's why you're out there that's why you're putting in the grind that's why you're waking up at five in the morning getting your lift in you know going to practices doing your studies and do these things you know baseball is an avenue to try to get you know to a job but some mm -hmm. of those guys want that to be a pro job or a major league baseball job and you know it's really really tough and no one's gonna take you or give you an opportunity at any level in the minors or independent ball or overseas at any of those professional teams if you have no stats and you yeah. have no hey man i am the best fungo guy you've ever seen like that <laughs> does not play that does not translate yeah so um yeah i think it's i think a lot of people do a disservice to themselves go juco you know get get signed mm -hmm. um do what you can to to get better there's so much knowledge out there with the coaches in the areas that at all, at all, at everywhere in the country, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is knowledgeable baseball people all over the country. Um, find out who they are, trust them and, and go, go play for those guys because that's what is really going to be beneficial to the, getting you to that next level. Yeah. And all these small organizations, they also have their own rankings within it. So like, I know for a fact that NAIA has their own um, pages, you know, we have NAIA ball. And if any of you guys have ever heard about NAIA ball, unfortunately, the, uh, one of the founders of that company had just passed away. However, he was able to create a page that covered all of NAIA ball that almost every single NAIA D2, D3, and D1 coach would actually go to for prospects within the NAIA. And that was an avenue where you could even be listed as, you know, an all-conference player where people would recognize you nationally as a respected ball player within NAI. So there's so many little avenues and little niche areas that you might not be thinking about as an athlete that you can actually jump into and, 
you know, see a bigger potential or a bigger upside in your name, your brand, your stats, everything, just by being able to play more at that level. Hundred percent. I mean, I, I mean, the transfer portal has changed the whole world, mm -hmm. right? It's changed the the landscape of of college baseball, college football, all college sports. Because if you have a great year at an NAI. I mean, if you look at the transfer portal, I guarantee that there are people that are NAI that moved up to D2 or went to D1 mm -hmm. or from D2 to NAI to, to play more. Like there's so many um, different scenarios that can pan out and you don't have to sit out. Yeah. Like that's completely changed. Like you used to have to sit out a year or, you know, a semester or whatever it may be. And I think that the transfer portal for football is crazy. Like, I mean, you know, Having USC just take everybody like is kind of nuts, but in baseball it's not that way. It's really a a feeding ground for some of these teams that need people, right? Like I need a first baseman. Let me go into the portal. Let me find somebody. And I think that you know it's it says a lot about where baseball is um, at the college level. Where you know how lucky are these kids to have that? Because yeah, if it doesn't work out at a school like. Everyone's gonna say, "Oh, you should stick it. You should stick it out, right?" Like that's the old school mentality. Yeah. But the reality is, why stick it out when I can go to an NAI or D two or D three and and play every day, um, right away? So I'm a big believer in that, and and I think especially with the limited scholarships that are going on, it it's just it's the right move sometimes. Starting this new segment called Confidence is King, Matt, and I want to go into the mindset that players have when they're in the box on the mound or just making plays in general when they're twiddling their thumbs on the field. So confidence is king is all about the mindset, right? And you played at a pretty high level within all these organizations and stuff. I want to dive into your mentality when you got into the box, right? Absolutely. I mean, when I got in the box, um, you know, I've told a couple of kids this growing up, um, I was not very big, you know, not, not very strong, you know, especially as a youth. Um, or high school player, mm -hmm. uh, high school got into working out a little bit. And then college really, really got into working out strength training, um, just to survive. But, um, I thought I was Barry Bonds and, uh, really? yeah, I was like, I'm the Barry Bonds of the league. There's nobody better than me. If you don't throw 95, you don't come inside. And that was the mentality I came with. And, and I think that's why I was pretty successful as a hitter, especially mm -hmm. in high school and, and, and in college. And, um, I really feel that, you know, giving kids confidence, especially as a coach now, is is so important and so so key to their success. Um, you know, as a coach, I talk about the focal points. I talk about, you know, getting into a frame of mind where, you know, you've seen everything. This guy can't beat you, mm -hmm. you know? So go in there, look for a pitch, and drive something. And, you know, I feel like, our teams that I've coached have really taken over that mentality. And I think that, you know, guys that I've talked to at the college level and, you know, I have a, a bunch of kids that have played at the next level, which is great and, and exciting and um, always fun to go and watch them play. But I think that they've taken a little bit about that because if you're not confident in the box, then you're done. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, it's like fighting, right? I don't know if you've ever been in a fight or not, but um, you know, it's one of those things that if you think you're going to lose, you've lost. You know, it, it has to be a, I'm going to mess you up right now. Um, and I think that is a mentality that not a lot of kids, especially nowadays, take. Um, I think they ha it has to be really taught and really enforced. Um, and I think that's why you see those really successful kids 
not scared of anybody, you know, come into the box, kids throwing however hard, ah, who cares? You know, it's yeah. the kids that are weak minded and, and are afraid. They're not confident, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can tell as a coach, as a player, you, I mean, you can see, I mean, how, how young were you when you see kids get in a box and you'd be like, this kid doesn't want to swing. Yeah. yeah. Move in. Yeah. Move in. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Like, no, yeah, he's done. Yeah. Like, and you know that still happens at the high school level it does you know and, and college too and which I, is crazy it's it is nuts um you know and it's one of those things where i i truly feel that like you said confidence is king you know mm-hmm. if, if you don't have that that king mentality that i'm the guy i'm don't worry team i i have this like i'm i'm not striking out i'm putting the ball in play i'm gonna do my job um, it doesn't have to be a hit all the time, right? It has mm-hmm. to be, you know, just doing your job, bun a guy over, move a guy, right. you know, hit and run, whatever's asked of you from your coach. I mean, that's that's the difference between a win and a loss. Yeah. You know? And then you win, you're confident. You lose, yep. eh, not so much. So, yep. um, no, it, it's so vitally important. Good. Yeah. And you touched on something that I want to dive into real quick, which is uh, the focal points while you're in the box, right? Because you can focus on so many things. There's so many distractions when you get into the box, whether you're looking at another player on the field, but you, you taught me, you know, looking at the hat, looking at the bill, looking at their nose, looking at their shoulder, looking at their arm, looking at so many focal points. But what was something for you when you got into the box that that focal point was like, I'm ready to go and I'm locked in. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a player, I thought, again, there's nobody that's that can beat me, mm-hmm. you know, like if I see your slider, your, your curveball, like I I've seen it, it's, it's, it's a mental note. It's not going to beat me. Um, and so I had a thing on my bat that I would always look at. Um, and it, it was a Sharpie marker that I put in that said, be you. Um, and just a B and a U, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, and I take a big deep breath and, and that was my focal point when I was hitting. Um, but defensively I had a focal point too. Every, I pick focal points that, especially defensively, or if you're a pitcher, that every field has. Like, what is stuff that every field has? They have foul lines. They have a foul pole. Mm-hmm. You know, they might have a scoreboard. They might, you know, the rubber, if you're a pitcher, um, the base, second base. Um, so for me, it was always the right field foul pole, right? If I was playing shortstop or second base, I'd always turn around. I'd look at the right field foul pole, you know, come back, refocus. That was my you're okay, you know, so what, you had an error or you, you were in the wrong positioning for, for this play, like, come make this play. Um, and I think that that, you know, really focuses you because there's something that I, I don't think is taught a lot, especially at the youth level and high school level. You only have to pay attention for, like, four total minutes in a game. Yeah. Like, think about that, right? Four yeah. total minutes. You play seven innings, a pitch takes, you know, 1.8 seconds, let's say 1.5 seconds to get to home plate, okay? Like, two pitches, that's three seconds. I mean, if you map that out in a whole game, like, it's really not that much time of yeah. you focusing. Mm-hmm. So it there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things going on. There's parents that are, you know, go Billy, you know, and you're yeah. like, what the heck's going on? Or, or you yeah. know, there's stuff going on in the dugout or, or whatever it may be. It's really knowing what your focus and, and where your focal points are is, is, is vital and key to, to your success. Something that I really want to talk about and touch on is the actual academic side of baseball and how it goes hand in hand with the athletics, where it's scholarships, the academic money, and how kids 
can actually visualize or see how these things work on the back end, almost like how a business works, the back end of athletics and scholarships and stuff. So can you please break that down for me? Because I got Absolutely. no idea. Absolutely. It's 100% a business, right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, the reality is D1 has 11.6 scholarships. D2 mm -hmm. has less than that. D3 has no money, right? No scholarships, only academic. Right. NAIA, wild, wild west. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to get a kid, they'll get a kid. You yeah. know, however much money we got in the bank, we're, we're getting it over to that kid if they really <laughs> want you, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but D1, right, going back to that, 11.6 um really tricky for a lot of coaches right and i think it's 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 one of those things where we can't miss right if i'm gonna give a kid half a scholarship i better be right and so that's why you're seeing a lot of kids that you know can afford the school maybe the wealthier wealthier end of of uh the players or you know players that you know have have well means you know yeah. um you know you're seeing them get get spots maybe not because they're more talented than than somebody else it's because they can afford the school and they don't have to put any money towards them mm -hmm. right um and i think it also you know everything is based off your fafsa right i don't know if you've you've done that yeah obviously. i've done the fafsa yeah so the fafsa you know determines how much money you'll owe to the school um based off how much money your family makes and things like that and by filling out one of those fafsas you know you're going to see kids at certain schools that are low income because they're cheap you know, and they're, and, and they're good. Some of them are really good baseball players. If you can get a really, you know, not, I feel bad, but like if you get a low income, income player, that's really, really good. Like your team's going to be good because mm -hmm. he's free in most cases, you know, especially at some of the Cal States and, and, and state schools yeah. um, where it's really that middle-class kid that kind of gets, you know, passed over because they can't miss on you. Like you have to be a guy, you have to be a dude, you have to be somebody that is going to produce right away. Because if you're not, I can't give you money. I only have 11.6. You know, I, I don't have much to give. And I think that is where, you know, I think that the NCAA doesn't do a great job. Because there's no reason why we shouldn't be giving more money. To, to baseball because I think it does generate money, especially Omaha and, and things like that. They have contracts and television deals. I mean, I watch SEC baseball yeah. um, all the time. You know, shout out to my cousin, Mick Paul, over at LSU. Um, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you can't tell me they're not making money. Yeah. They're, they're making money. So, like, let's be able to spend that money and, and get these kids, um, you know, scholarships. And I get it. D2s don't have a have a contract television wise but um you know a lot of d2s do a lot of benefits right they give a lot more academic money they give um you know housing food things like that which really benefits their programs and and the teams that are very successful do that and they do well at it and and they get they don't miss because mm -hmm. they're getting the kids um that can obviously get accepted to the school and then obviously work in to a to a starting role and, and play right away, which is awesome. D three, um, you know, you're dealing with a lot of really good schools. Um, you know, I know a lot of the Ivy Leagues are D three, and and it's tough to get into those schools academically. Um, there's no money. There's no money there. Like if you're D three, you're gonna go, you're gonna play, and you're gonna try your best. Um, and you have an opportunity to get get drafted and get signed. I mean, in last year's draft, there was, I want to say four kids, five kids that got that got signed um d3 and yeah that's not a lot but there's not that many rounds anymore yeah you know it's like 20 rounds 
that, that's nothing. It used to be, it used to be 30, 50, you know, let's get as many kids as we can out here. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, going back to it, it's one of those things that I personally, as a coach, like to send kids NAI. Um, if you're on the bubble of D2, D3 baseball player, I'd like to send you NAI. It gives you a lot more flexibility. Um, it allows you to probably play right away, get good scholarship money, and you can leave. If you do really well, you can leave. Yeah. I mean, if you tear it up, you're an all-conference guy, and you're a freshman, leave. Go somewhere else if you want to. You have the transfer portal. You can do it. See what's out there for you if you really want to go D1. Mm -hmm. um, but really, what really happens is a lot of NAI kids fall in love with their school and their cities because they're in unique areas. I mean, you were in Sioux City, Iowa. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a great yeah. town. You know, has a has a hard rock. You it know, does. it has a hard rock. It has a hard rock. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Um. But no, it's a great town, great city, and you know, you're right down the street from Omaha, and mm -hmm. um, you know, it's 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 one of those things that you have to love the game and to be in those towns and to be in those those areas, and you know, yeah, D one is awesome and flashy, but I don't think I've met any kids that love the game more than NAI baseball players. Absolutely love it. Yeah. They, they have live and breathe it. They go through so much yeah. crap that mm -hmm. that other programs don't have to deal with. You know, like certain teams have people that pull the tarps for them. Yeah. Oh, get the get the guys out there, pull the tarps. Like you're pulling the tarp <laughs> at the NAI. You've level. done that before. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, you're you're dealing with, with everything and you know, you're not getting buses, you're not getting charter planes, you're not mm -hmm. getting any of that stuff. You're getting a school bus, you're getting a van. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, fit 15 guys in the van and let's rock and roll. Like it's it's an amazing experience and and you just see the passion for for baseball at those you know those little towns the whole town comes out it's awesome yeah, yeah it's insane i mean uh speaking on that like my the school that i went to morningside university you know it was the entire town's culture where we would have games and like a lot of the people from the town would just show up and be like oh yeah the mustangs are playing here we go no i mean briarcliff and morningside that's an epic rivalry epic rivalry oh, absolutely yeah. almost got into a couple brawls so it i'm was sure fun, you know i'm sure i'm probably that's probably why people show up exactly you know? um but yeah no it's, it's one of those things that again we talked about it earlier in this in, in the beginning of this uh this episode you know forty thousand college kids play yeah. baseball be be one of those forty thousand whether it's the juco the d1 d2 d3 yeah. go somewhere where you're gonna play don't go somewhere where you're just going to sit and watch mm -hmm. because you can do that from your house or my house. Yeah. Watch the SEC network or, you know, whatever games you want to watch. I mean, that's not what this is about, you know, play because I tell a lot of kids this, especially at, you know, where I coach, like, you know, I have kids that are like, I don't know if I want to play at the next level. I'm like, you should, because at the end of the day, that's always going to be on your resume. That you playing at, at Morningside it will always be on your resume. Yep. When you want to coach your kid, okay, whether it's a boy, girl, whatever it is, you're going to say, "Yeah, I played. I played college baseball." Yep. And no one can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I played college baseball. This is what I did. I'm going to coach this team. I'm going to be a part of it and, and be around. And you know that dad who played 12 year old baseball in little league and is yeah you know fired up. Like, yeah, man, sorry. Yeah, you kick know, rocks. Yeah, we're gonna. It's my turn. Yeah, we're gonna show you how it's really done. Yeah. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, which I know you had to, because there was a lot of value and a lot of cool stuff that we talked about, definitely go hit that subscribe button. It help, helps us out a lot. Uh, put the bell notification on so you get notified when we do release our new next episode because they do come out every single week, and there'll be more. E
more. I promise. So definitely go check out all of our other social media platforms too so you can see all the highlights from each episode and to stay in contact with us. And then in the description below, there will be a link with our prospect portal where you can actually go and submit all your information and we can actually review your profile on this show, give you a shout out and give you some free exposure. Free. And I'm serious about that, guys. Free. Free. F-R-E-E. Free. So definitely go check that out in the link in the description and... Thank you so much for listening to the Baseball Playground. We'll see you next time.